All right, welcome to another episode of Cyber Patterns. Today we have Billy Oppenheimer on. He is a research assistant, writing assistant for Ryan Holiday, uh, the creator of Daily Stoic, best-selling author. This guy's wrote like 10 books, and Billy has been there for four years after sending him a cold email. This is one of the coolest conversations I've had in a long time. And uh, the combo kept going for a half hour after the podcast was done, and we've been texting back and forth, sharing ideas, uh, sharing articles, and, and so forth. So uh, really, uh, just the joy of the internet. Uh, Billy is a true digital apprentice and uh, now real-life apprentice. He works with Ryan. So hope you enjoy this conversation. All right. So after after Philly, yes. uh, I was re- I was reading your about page. What did you do after after Philly? I saw um, you were traveling in like Australian stuff or what? Mm-hmm. Well, so that that was after college. So I went okay. to Lehigh University for college. Um, I played lacrosse there, studied English and economics. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and then I had a I interned in, in New York. The summer going into senior year and got that job through a a fellow Lehigh Lacrosse alumni guy and really liked really liked that summer really liked the job um got got an offer to take that as a full-time gig after college and um that was sort of my plan I was gonna I was excited about it I was all my friends from high school and college were going into New York City after postgrad um, into like the finance world, real estate, um, sort of the classic, um, you know, New York City jobs after after school. And it's I'm trying to remember the timeline here. The summer, late that summer, like I was winding down the the internship, getting ready for senior year, and I was visiting my parents who who now live in Cape May, New Jersey. Um, and I was sitting on the beach with my dad and we were just like talking about post-grad stuff and the plans for, for taking this job and how, how I had a great, great summer there. And, um, so I, I was all in on it. And then we're, we're at some point in the conversation, I was just like, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll like put this on hold and I'll go to Australia and coach lacrosse and travel a little bit. And then, um, and as I said it, I was like, oh, boy, I don't know if I should have said that because my dad's I didn't know how he was going to take it. Um, but he was like, man, I wish your brothers would have done something like that. I fully support it. Like, I, I think that would be an awesome experience for you. And then I was like, well, I don't even know if they play lacrosse in Australia. So I got to, like, <laughs> look into that as well. Um, and then I, I, like, jumped online and did some Googling and, and found, like, a club lacrosse team over there send an email and they got back to me. He's like, yeah, we love having Americans come over here and like play with, with our top team and then coach the younger guys. Um, we'll put you up. We'll, we'll get you a, a car, a job, and, and you'll be good to go. So I just like booked it. I was like, I'm in. And um, so I ended up going to Perth in Western Australia for, I was supposed to go for the three months of the season. And then I just fell in love with, with Perth, with, with the people that I was playing and, and coaching with. So I ended up staying like almost a year. And then um, one of my friends from high school had had a college roommate who was doing essentially what I was doing, but on the East coast of Australia. And he, he put us in touch and we were, we were trying to like figure out a time to, to visit one another on, on both coasts. And then that guy was like, actually, I'm thinking about 
like getting a van and, and doing a trip along the whole east coast of Australia. Like, what do you think? I was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. So I flew over and, and met him. And he had another buddy from, from uh, Pittsburgh who, was, who quit his job and flew out to Australia. And the three of us got this van and just lived in it for um, almost two months. Wow. And then by the end of that, I was like, I feel pretty good about what I've sort of seen and done in Australia. I think, I think I'm ready to go back. And I always had this thought of um, ski instructing. I grew up a big skier, but I had to sort of put that aside to, throughout college to focus on sports. But um, so then my next move was to go to, to Colorado. I got a job ski instructing. Um, really fell in love with that lifestyle as well. And then I learned that like a lot of the guys that ski instruct sort of chase winter and they go down to the Southern hemisphere um, to like New Zealand or Australia and then teach there and then come back to Colorado. So I, I was doing that for a little bit. I was going back and forth um, and just sort of like ski bumming it, doing the chasing winter. And it was, uh, it was, it was a cool experience, but yeah, that's, that's sort of the, the travel bug bit me for yeah. sure. And, and I uh, was just fit for a little bit there. No, that's really cool, man. I, I did some traveling in between college as well. Um, yeah. All over the place, Europe, France, Middle East a bit. Um, it just opens up the world, lets you like see sure. what's out there. Um, and so your uncle kind of introduced you to Ryan Holiday and that's that's how it happened. Yep. Yeah. So between when I would go like New Zealand to Colorado, in between those two seasons, I would come home and it was it was always around like the Thanksgiving time. So I was home for Thanksgiving one year and um, yeah, my uncle Bill um, at Thanksgiving, and I think it was 2017 or 2018, he, he had recommended um, Ryan's book, Perennial Seller, because shortly before then I had started writing online and he was like one of my first readers, one of my biggest fans. Um, and he, he's like in our family is a voracious reader that's he's like sort sort of notoriously like a, a very bookish very smart um a really good writer um so for him to like one just read what i was writing and, and say that he he enjoyed it was pretty cool and then he was like you should really think about taking this seriously and like if you if you do you should read this book perennial seller it's kind of a roadmap for for how to make it in like any creative endeavor um so I, I, I bought that book. I read it on a flight back to, to Colorado. And I was like, Dan, this is, um, it was similar to like the style of writing I was naturally found myself leaning towards. So I, I, was, I was really attracted to like the style of writing. And then, um, and then I looked up Ryan after, after reading it just to see like what else he had written and just ordered like everything he had, I think he had six books at that point. So I ordered those and just, yeah, I just went down the rabbit hole of, of his work and then learned about his trajectory of like working for Robert Greene. So I was like, oh, I guess like if, if you want to do this thing, that would be the way to do it is like go work for someone that is experienced um, and sort of learn from them. Um, and that's, yeah, I just like, like late 2018, I just sent cold email just to sort of thank him for his work and um 
I was like, if you, you know, I, I can tell there's, there's tons of research that go, go into your books. And if you ever need help, like with that kind of thing, I'll, I'll do it for free. Like your book sent me down the rabbit hole anyways. So to have that, have like my reading list be channeled by, by you would be um, payment enough. So that's where, how that relationship started. Dude, that's amazing. So genuine. Uh, the internet's beautiful like that. Just uh, like, I remember first cold email getting responses from, you know, I think the first like, you know, major person that I got a response from was the morning brew CEO, Alex Lieberman. And he just like responded in 10 minutes. I was like, what, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, no, it's, it's cool. Like, it's been, I'm, I've been surprised by how responsive, like the people I look up to are and it, it's yeah. sort of like now it makes sense to me like everyone likes to hear that their their work is landing with someone um and if you you know if you send like a genuine note uh, and I wasn't really asking for anything from Ryan I wasn't like it was just like hey man I really like it I dropped a, a quote from a philosophy pre professor in high school and then like left it at that and his reply was like that's a good line from your professor I might need some help be in touch and that was it and it just like you get the ball rolling that way but but yeah, yeah, it's cool to see that um, the people that you think are, are inaccessible actually are, are quite responsive. Yeah, for real. I've been a fan of Ryan, I guess, for uh, three to five years, some, somewhere in that, in that. I read Perennial Bestseller, I read um, a few of the Stoic works and, and all that stuff. And just uh, this man is from the outside just seems like a machine and uh very impressive like his work ethic and mentality and um just who he is and just an expert marketer mm -hmm. um and uh just like very tactic tactical is that the word um and yeah so i guess a few of the things are uh, questions so the note card system i feel like that's one of the yes. things he's like very well known for is does he not do it digital at all is it all no, nothing everything so everything what if there's the a fire man i know well he does he's he started to um he'll scan them he'll have an assistant scan them from like you know every now and again when when a couple more hundred or thousand pile up he'll, he'll get them scanned <laughs> so he has them he has them like in in the event that something happens like that but yeah he does it all and, and i've adapted his system but it's all physical note cards. And if you go, if you go to his office, um, he's got a bookshop. I, I'm in Austin now. I live in Austin, Texas now, but um, I'm like 30 minutes from his shop in Bastrop, Texas. And he's got, um, we've got offices upstairs there and he's got one room where he just has like a standing desk and it, it just always has like note cards lined when he's like mapping out wh whatever he's working on. But yeah, it's all, and there's just boxes of those cropper hoppers he uses to, to store the note cards are all over the place. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all, all physical. Gosh, yeah. And I love the idea of like um, products of process, you know, oh, yeah, that's what it is, man. Like, it's just a process that's because, you know, I release an article once, uh, once a week, once, sometimes twice a week and people you know, it's a lot, a new idea, a new strategy. And it's just like, how do you do that? You know, and it's like, I constantly, for me, I use notion and I have ideas and I just work on it every day. And that's all it is. Just a yeah, little dude. bit every day. Yeah. It's been one of the cool things about working for Ryan is like, it's totally demystified how, how it happens. Um, and it's sort of, it's more, it's more blue collar than white collar. You know, it's more like, 
you put your boots on and you go to work. It's not like it's it's nothing fancy. It's nothing like magical. It's just he puts the work in and and the the work comes out the other side of it. Um, so that's I think prior to the experience of seeing him do it, I would have been like, oh, you, you sort of have to wait for inspiration. You got to like capture, you know what I mean? But it is. It's just like that man is always in a book. He's always making no cards. Um, and then the, the work is just like a byproduct of that. Yeah. Facts. Um, definitely facts. It's, it's so interesting to see. Uh, I, I've worked with some big Twitter people as well. And it's, it demystifies it when you just like, Oh, these, these are normal. Yeah, everyone's people got just... their system. Everyone's got like their notion, um, content engine or something. Yeah. Ryan's is no cards. I use no cards, but everyone's got their thing dialed in. I feel like. Yeah. And so I was reading your article, the bus ticket collector. Um, oh, yeah. I, ne I never heard that before, but it perfectly describes how I feel like how my brain works. It's like, I remember everything about crypto and like web three, man, just everything. But I can't mm -hmm. remember a single thing about biology or chemistry. It just like goes in one ear and out the other. And sure. I've always been confused by that, but like, I'm just, yeah, I guess fascinated in, in that world. So it makes sense. But how is that kind of applied to your life? And I feel like Ryan's research is so uh, everywhere. You know what I'm saying? A little bit mm -hmm. from this, a little bit from that. How is that applied for you? Yeah, I mean, for people that if, that are listening and don't know the, the bus ticket theory, it's from from Paul Graham. If you just Google bus ticket theory, his, his essay will pop up. And, and I, I did a spin on it. But um, and he uses the, the example of a bus ticket collector. Like if someone that's just obsessed with a thing can remember like minute details about it. And like, um, and I think it shows up in, in every field, like the people that are best at it. And it's, I definitely observed this with Ryan, like from the outside looking in, he seems to be like, the question he always is asked is like, how do you get it all done? You know what I mean? And like, you seem to always be working, um, but it, it doesn't, it's not work for him, you know, like it's the thing he wants to be doing. He's obsessed with the, the topic of stoicism. Um, like a couple weeks ago, he was getting ready to go on a vacation to, with his, with his family. And we had a meeting, like just tr trying to tie up loose ends before he left. And um, we, we had a girl that recently started working with us. And she was like, my goal is to, to make it so you don't have to, to work on vacation. And Ryan's like, oh no, I'm like, I'm definitely going to work on because it's not, he, he wants to wake up and think and write about stoicism. Um, so I think it's like, that is his secret is he's just so obsessed with the thing that it doesn't, it's not work for him. Um, so I think if you find that thing, it's like, that's, it's such a hack because um, like, I, I, I like to do, make my note cards and my girlfriend would be like, can you stop working for a little bit? And it's like, it doesn't feel like I'm working, you know, it's like, it's a Sunday afternoon, but this is what I want to be thinking about and working on. Um, so that's, that's, that was my attraction to that Paul Graham essay. It was like, yeah, I, I've, I've definitely been observing that in people. And uh, I think he like perfectly describes what's going on there. Yeah. Facts. I'm in the same boat. Like, my girlfriend will do the same thing and ask, um, you know, 
why am I working all the time? Or it's for me, it's just play. Like same yep. with Twitter, like growing my Twitter and like freelancing and connecting with people. It just feels like I'm playing, like just hanging out with my friends online. Like that's yeah. all it feels like. And there happens to be money coming into my bank account and I'm, you know, writing yeah. and stuff and making money, but it's like, I just feel like I'm playing, man. Um, and I love it. And so sure. that was kind of my goal is to be able to do what I want to do every day, you know, and drink coffee with friends, walk my dog when I, when I need to and or want to and do that stuff. Um, I am curious what, what new writers or what new research have, have you found while working with Ryan? Anything notable? I mean, I feel like every, so I was reading your piece about uh, the di digital apprenticeship and the thing about like the best part of it is what is Greg will give you feedback in a, in a Google doc. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about how a job is sort of like, it's sort of like a hub and there's like all these different spokes that come off of that hub and like money obviously is one of them, but, but there's like these other things of like, what are you learning from the person you're working for? Where, what ideas are you exposed to? What ideas are you getting to work on? What people are you, are you getting to meet? And then there's just like all these different vectors on that's that hub that is a job. And one of the things for me is like, I feel like everything I've been exposed to in the last three or four years, I would, I couldn't have stumbled on by myself. Like I wouldn't have gone down those, those various alleys. And it's, it's just been a product of like what, what Ryan works on is basically what, what I get brought into. Um, so I think anything I've read within the last two or three years is like, Ryan exposed me to it, you know, and a lot of my favorite writers now are, are people I, I stumbled on in, in that process. Um, so yeah, I think anyone I name will be like, it's been a, an exposure from, from this job, but let me think of, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Morgan Housel. Um, I think he's, he sort of does with finance, what Ryan does with philosophy. Um, like his store, the, the things he identifies in his reading and brings back and then ties to, um, investing in finance reminds me a lot of what, what Ryan does. Um, so I, I, I pull up his, his, I think he writes on collaborative funds. Um, he, he's got like a blog on there, but I, I pull that up almost every day just to see if he's put anything out. Um, I'm a huge fan of his stuff. Um, who else? He's the first one that comes to mind, honestly. No, I got you. Um, I'm a big fan of Paul Graham as well. Morgan House is great. Um, but yeah, the the Paul Graham essays are just killer. Um, just so much. Uh, I posted about it yesterday. Um, when people refer 10 readers to my blog, I send them a book and my friend did that. And so he chose Hackers and Painters by Paul Graham. Nice. And yeah, just such. I mean, the first half is really good. And then it gets into technical essays, which I can't understand. But the first half was solid. And there's this essay, like what you can't say. And it's just all about how like the freedom of thinking whatever you want, like you can't say whatever you want, but you could think whatever you want. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I think that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I love Paul Graham as well. I also so do you know who Julian Shapiro is? Yeah, I haven't read too much of his work, but I've seen his name thrown around. I think but, he's, I forget what his newsletter is called. It's like, demand curve or something yeah but he, i think so he had an interesting point i can't remember if i read it or I, I heard it on a podcast 
Um, and he used Paul Graham as an example of, of someone who doesn't write on a fixed cadence and how to, to, to him, that's a signal of like, Paul Graham's only putting something out when he, when he really feels good about it or when he's like, I really need to say this. And that, I, I really like that about, about Paul Graham because I think, and I'm struggling with this a little bit right now, the, the, the tension between like consistently putting stuff out so that like you're, you know, you're near top of mind for people. But then also, I don't, I don't want to just put stuff out just to put stuff out. Like I want to feel pretty good about it. Um, so I definitely, I look, I look at Paul Graham as like a model of, of that. Like it can work if, if you're just putting out quality stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm a huge, huge Paul Graham fan. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely works for Paul Graham, but I wonder, um, it's definitely, you know, he's, he's got the audience already and the, mm -hmm. the money, the, he's got the, totally. the kind of clout. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, I, I found once I turned on the weekly, like once I started going weekly in April, Mm -hmm. That's when, um, you know, I started really taking it seriously. And it was the same time when I started writing for a living as well. And I was like, oh, like, this is, you know, my job. Like every week I send it out. Like, that's yep. what I do, you know? And yeah. I love that. I love that feeling. Um, sometimes some essays aren't as good as others. And that's just how it goes. But um, for sure. But yeah, the the cadence, um, I think, is cool with like threads and digital products and stuff. Um, also curious kind of. What have you learned about marketing from Ryan and working with him? Uh, I feel like he's just fucking legend when it comes to that. Yeah. I first I've learned that like you just have to take it seriously. You know, it's like part of me. I think if before this I would have, I would have thought the work should should stand for itself. If it's if it's good enough, it'll find an audience. But that's it's just like a sort of naive early thought I think that a lot of people experience um you, you have to Ryan Ryan's analogy is like it's like you get to the end of a marathon which is like finishing the, the piece of work and then instead of like putting a medal around your neck they, they guide you to the next start of the next marathon which is the marketing um and I think that's like spot on it's just like there's there's so many good there's so much good stuff out there um so the the differentiator i think is like who can do a, a good job of of packaging it and selling it um and just getting eyeballs on the stuff so one of one of ryan's line is to like meet people where they are and then bring them where you want to go so for me like i have a newsletter and i wish i could just like write there because that's the style i like to write in but i know i have to go to like twitter you know, and do some stuff there and then try to bring those people back to the newsletter. Um, I'm trying to think of like anything really tactical I've, I've learned from, I, I just think like, so we do the daily stoic email every day. Um, and like in a, in a way that is like a piece of marketing, you know, like he's putting content out every day and it's high quality. And then once a year, he's like, by the way, I have this book that I'm, I'm ready to sell. Um, so it's sort of, it's sort of like a subtle, he subtly is keeping the audience around and then adding people to the audience to then when he has a book come out, like he can go straight to them. Um, so I think it's just like, for me, it's, 
it's just it's all it's all in one big pie sort of yeah um, we're not have, you, have you read a book called um inbound marketing no i haven't it's by um the the guys from hubspot brian halligan and darmesh shaw okay, um, nice. but they're basically their, their premise is like they coined that phrase inbound marketing as opposed to outbound marketing which is like you're interrupting people with um you know cold calling and emails and trying to just like sell your thing but but they're they're like sort of content marketing you know just putting out really quality stuff that people are are reading and, and engaging with because it's useful or helpful and then you capture their email or, or whatever it is and then when it's time to sell something you've already built that trust um and i think that's that's sort of when i read that book i was i, I was noticing i was like this is kind of what ryan does um so for people that are looking for a um for a book i th definitely recommend inbound marketing yeah 100 percent, man that's something that i had to learn on twitter and that i have to explain to everybody starting out as you think you can't just sell, sell, sell every every time, every tweet, every mm -hmm. article. You know, you should you should be giving, 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 and then once every ten or once every once in a while sell. And yep. um, you know, it's all about just giving as much free value as possible. And people will find like people won't necessarily find it very easily, but they will find it, and you'll share it. And mm -hmm. yeah, um, it's 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 definitely a new new kind of vibe my parents both run businesses and trying to explain that as they're used to facebook ads and google ads you know so mm -hmm. it's the complete opposite uh, approach um and so yeah it's 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 fun to think about um i, guess, I think one, uh, one thing that like ryan's taught me to think about is like how do you buy stuff you know and it's it's not like because someone is spamming you like it's not where you so working backwards from like i try to notice like when things when marketing works on me and then um sort of add add that to the swipe file of like oh that was an interesting like subtle sell um but yeah that's it, it really is an interesting puzzle to try to to piece together yeah 100 percent. i think um referral and uh, is such good marketing for me that's that's usually when i buy stuff is somebody talks about it on a podcast like a book mm -hmm. or in somebody else's newsletter they drop a book that i should read or something like that uh, i find it's the best like i've never bought anything off an instagram ad or a facebook ad or twitter yep. ad like right. ever um so i don't know <laughs> i'm i'm personally never gonna put money in there to do it um like i'll just have my friends post it on their newsletters or whatever so right um yeah curious what's kind of the long-term plan for you or long-term goals you know um keep working with ryan to release your own work and keep going or yeah i honestly i don't i don't really think very far down the line and i probably should do this better but um yeah i just um I really, I like where I'm at. I like the work I get to do. I like this sort of what my day looks like right now. I like working with Ryan on, on stuff he's working on. 
I would definitely, I definitely want to start to get my own stuff going a little bit more. Um, and we just sort of have, have shifted a few things around internally to like relieve me of, of some of the other stuff I was doing to allow for that. Um, but I just, yeah, I want to just like do the writing thing for, I was listening to um, Hasan Minhaj and he was like, the advice I give to artists is you do this forever, you know? And it's like, I, I want to do the writing thing for a long time. So I'm not in like a great rush to um, grow. I, I definitely, I want to grow my, my email list, but I, I don't need it to like pop tomorrow because I'll still be here in a year, two years, three years. And I think if I just like, it's sort of a trust the process mindset, but I think if I just do the work and like th those things are, again, what we we're saying about like the byproduct of, of the process, but um, that's sort of how I feel about things. And I don't know exactly, like if you asked me three years ago um, or four years ago, like you'll be living in Austin, Texas, working for Ryan Holiday. That is so far beyond like what I could have, a goal I could have set for myself. Um, so I don't, I don't really make or think about like long-term stuff. Just try to work on the things I want to be working on and just like sort of let go and, and hope, hope for the best. Facts. Trust the process. That's some Philly shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like that meme trust the process has actually taught me so much. <laughs> yeah it's now it's now sort of cliche but it is like sort of a profound if you can like internalize it and actually live that way i think it and there's various ways that that you can put it but um like we ryan's got this thing about like um the work has to be the win you know sorry my dog my dog is howling at the siren <laughs> that's all good um yo ron <laughs> but yeah I'm a, I'm a i'm a big trust the process guy no facts facts um yeah dude that was really all the questions um how much do you miss wawa right now yeah That's i miss it question. i definitely miss yeah. it um yeah it's hard was, man that's our classic you know high school nothing else to do let's go just like get a bunch of food from wawa um, yeah but facts. i definitely there's, and there's not really an equivalent of it in Texas. So it's now I'm now my thing is, is breakfast tacos. I eat breakfast tacos almost every day. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I've, I've had breakfast burritos, never a breakfast taco. Um, good shit. How, how's Austin in general? It's good. Um, I was, I was trying to remember, been here for like a year and a half now um and prior to living here i didn't know a ton of people doing um what i i'm sort of doing in this space of online creator stuff um but there's there's tons of those people here in austin so it's been cool to, like meet other people that are in the pursuit of a similar thing and that energy is sort of contagious so i think it's like it elevates my motivation just being in, in in their vicinity um and then just also in general is like um good food good good live music there's i'm like two minutes from ladybird lake and there's a 10 10 mile loop around the lake 
it's like a gravel trail. Um, so I go for like a run almost every day uh, around Ladybird. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy here. Where, where are you based? Uh, New York, New York city. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah so I was in Philly, then New, New Jersey slowly made my way up. So, um, yeah, it's dude, same energy, man. It's, um, just around so many creators. It's so nice. It's so inspiring. Like yeah. all my friends are on the Twitter grind or whatever, the creator economy. And, so uh, let me crypto. ask you if you, do you have any advice for me as far as Twitter goes or just content in general? Like, yeah, um, I, no, I'm I got starting you. to think, I'm starting to think more about um, doing some Twitter stuff and I'm, I'm just starting to dip my toe in it. So if you have any, any sage advice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, threads are obviously like, as you've seen from your threads, like they'll bring in a lot of followers and newsletter subscribers um, but you know, when it comes down to just, uh, friends who are like, help you out in the future, it's just like stuff like this, man, making connections and, uh, yeah. you know, taking it offline, having phone calls, having, you know, lunches, coffees, and, you know, all the people like I posted yesterday, I, I just left my job to freelance, like all these people who are congratulating, like, I've talked to, I've had phone calls with, like, you know, these are a lot of them I consider friends, you know, so um, it's, it's really like, for me, it's just like, the, you know, and the, the way to get organic engagement is to organically engage, like, you know, yeah. it's just to, to vibe with other people and, and give back. So, um, but for followers and subscribers threads, um, you know, that's, that's the key, yeah. um, which I feel like you have a good handle on. So, yeah. um, but no, yeah, I... that's, that's the, it's just like DMing Ryan or emailing. It's just sending DMs and like, meeting people you think are cool, asking for a phone call. And like, that's it. Like, not even ask, just say, Hey, let's talk. You know, that's yep. it. No, I, I reminds me, I liked your piece, um, the learn a community language yeah. about just like the immersion of, of, um, being in like a discord or a Slack. And that's how you like learned what you learned about crypto. Mm. Um, and I was like, I, I think that's what I just need to do with Twitter is just like be on it and see, like, get a feel for like what's happening there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's this guy, David Perel, who um, he's he's big now and runs a writing academy. I think he lives in Austin. Yeah, I, I know David. Yeah. Yeah. So I heard him on a podcast a, few, a year ago, almost exactly a year ago. And he's like, yeah, when I was like 21, I invested. I was like, I'm going to invest two hours a day on Twitter and see what happens. I was like, huh. oh, people spend that much time on Twitter. I was like, all right, you know what? If he's taking it seriously and it worked for him. And once I started like spending more time and just, yeah, shit took off and my life changed. You know, it was crazy. It was, so, so like in, in those two hours, are you commenting on stuff and I mean, retweeting it, and, and like that kind of that kind of thing? I mean, yeah, I'm commenting, DMing, like, um, putting out or not even just like two hours scrolling or whatever but also working on my own tweets and like crafting stuff dming setting up calls um you know uh it's just like a combination of all things um and then also just scheduling tweets you know of course like every you know sunday or monday i schedule them out for the week and like it's just free leverage you know mm -hmm. uh, uh and then for threads also yeah, when it comes down to just like my boy Austin taught me this, which is like hustle for distribution, you know, like 
send it send it around to your friends like don't be afraid of just sending it to me or sending it to whoever and like asking them to retweet that's how i got mine to go viral as um you know obviously great content but also like send it to your homies and they'll help you out because like that's what friends do kind of thing you know mm -hmm. it's um yeah so uh it's a it's a yeah twitter's fun <laughs> yeah and then i know i know like the hook is like the key yeah. right yeah it's all the hook what any any advice there like ways you yeah, think about tactics it? um three lines uh always basically always three lines uh -huh. uh, or less if possible um don't do any et symbols in in the hook um that like decreases it no the, like avoid... you don't want people to click out yeah yeah and for whatever reason with the algorithm i think it just like decreases it and then um obviously as short and punchy as possible um while still conveying meaning um you know it's it's like what ryan's really good at man like the cliffhanger kind of vibe where you mm -hmm. want people to keep clicking and, and going for it um so, so i think your hook with ryan was really good the one that you did where it's like super interesting obviously like even something like about australia or you know going like yeah. that like that's something like people want to read about you know you got an right. interesting life you got shit to talk about you know so right yeah yeah and then the other thing i wanted to ask you is like your your content consumption because I, I, yeah. I read a bunch of your stuff and I really I think we like come at similar things from different angles but a similar style of like you're really good at pulling like quotes and 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 stories from what you seem to be reading so I was curious about that yeah I mean you've heard of Readwise oh yeah yeah so that's like my that's my shit um definitely life-changing on that one just read wise to notion and i don't know my brain works in weird ways where like i'm writing and then i think of a quote i heard like a month ago or i had in read wise and i just pull it out um and then just saving and bookmarking tweets um like really that's it <laughs> and just reading like any book that seems interesting uh i'm not i i know ryan reads like one book at a time um my brain doesn't work like that i read like two or three or more and just bounce around whatever seems interesting and invest uh, however much money on Amazon books as I need like whatever looks interesting I'm gonna like you know it's it's gonna it'll pay back with content or me making money freelancing so I just think about it as a business investment for everything just buy a bunch so yeah no I'm the same way I'm, I'm always got like four that I'm in and out of um I'm reading, I'm reading this book now called, um, first, Re first we read, then we write. And it's basically a, a compilation of everything Ralph Waldo Emerson said or wrote about, about reading. And he had this, like, he classified readers into four groups, the hourglass, the sponge, the jelly bag, and the Gol Golconda. And I guess the Golconda is, is a, like a rich mine. And he was like, the hourglass takes nothing in the sponge holds on to nothing but a little dirt and sediment the jelly bag only takes in like useless information and then the golconda um, keeps only like the pure gems and then the biographer the guy who put this book together was like emerson was a golconda reader par excellence like he was just like he he would go through a book and he could very quickly like find the the, the really good parts and that's how I sort of 
think about reading like i'm just looking for those like gems um so I, I'm, I'm just like you i'm like bouncing in and out of books like trying to find the good stuff yeah yeah i um i just bought the book that you suggested on amazon it's, it's really it's like short it's like it's like Dope. you know 100 yeah. pages um yeah it's, it's, I, really, it's really good nice and then also like listening to weird people on podcasts and just like reading weird people that like other people aren't reading like there's this guy michael malice who's like an anarchist kind of yep. dude yeah and he had mark andreessen on his podcast and mark andreessen like name dropped a book about preference falsification some like 400 page textbook i was like oh i'm gonna read that shit yeah dude. i <laughs> love mark andreessen yeah i mean anything he talks about is gonna be fire so i was like oh this is so interesting and it's super interesting like i i'd never heard the words preference falsification before that but my whole life i knew what like in my head i knew what it was um so i'm probably going to be writing about that a bit because i'm reading about it but yeah another another hack i use is like if if people are talking about a book i'll look up that author and go listen to interviews of them talking about the book and they always talk about like the most important parts of of the book you know and then I get the book and like go find and, and get like more context around the idea they're talking about. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. Like the if I hear an interesting phrase like that, what was it? Falsification? Yeah, preference falsification. I'm like, oh, that's a good phrase. Let me go like Google what that is. And then you just like follow that that breadcrumb. Yeah, I mean, just having like the intellectual curiosity that we both have to like follow rabbit holes, you know, not be afraid to follow a damn yep. rabbit hole wherever yep. it may lead you. Um, and then another hack, which I had, which I think you might actually enjoy. Um, the two threads that grew my following by like 6,000 followers alone, just from like two threads were from, uh, I went on a, a website that hosts research papers, like, and I just looked at crypto research papers and made them simpler. And wrote them in threads and that was really it that's like, very that's very malcolm glad gladwellian yeah. of you yeah i mean that's it, that's really smart what's what site uh ssrn or something yeah yeah, I've yeah. Heard of it. yeah man so i mean i think you'd probably find some like sociology or whatever might be might pique your interest they got everything and um you know, I could send you the threads that went viral because my hook was basically I read a 37 page paper, so you didn't have to. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's and it's like because nobody wants to read it. And and this shit is not made for the average person. So I just made it simple and it worked. Dude, um, I'm, I mean, that is yeah. that's really smart. Yeah, send yeah. me those. I want, I want to read those. Yeah. Um, I but I think it's like um like Gladwell people critics will, will say he's a popularizer and he's like, yeah. Like there's really good information in these papers, but like the guys that write them didn't write them in a way that anyone else can understand. So it's like a service of there's like really important ideas out there, but how can how can they be communicated in a way that like we can understand? 